0: Listen, uh, I, I'm a, a big, loudmouth guy, so you just going to have to help me today. Can we, honestly, honestly, what a great introduction into Amen. worship. Amen. And yes. I just, if you will, I would just like for this group, if can we just give a shout of praise yes. to He who is worthy to be praised. Yes. I'm not looking for a golf clap this morning. He's not looking for a golf clap. I said, can this group give God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Lion of Judah, the Rose of Sharon, the Lily of the Valley, the Great Physician, the Great Shepherd, He who is worthy to be praised. A praise in this place. And we do that to this. Father, we thank
1: You, Father. We thank You for for Healings done and Healings to come.
0: We thank You, Father. We praise You. Lord. thank You. Thank you so much for that. I am just uh, I'm enamored anytime that I go into a church and and the focus is Jesus. Yeah. Um, I I've often told our folks at, uh, at Fresh Fire that we are they'll never see my name on the door. They'll never they'll never save me a parking place. Uh, they'll never they'll never be a sign <laughs> that says reserved for pastor. Uh, it is about everything that your pastor said today. It is a team. It is a working organism, a working part of the greater body in the kingdom of God. And that Jesus is the goal. He is the focus. And so I'm just so appreciative of being here with you today. Um, and I echo his sentiments exactly. Pastor's appreciations, if I never had another one at our church, I would be just fine. Uh, it's very awkward. Uh, it is uh, it is a good thing to be recognized, but it's also very... Um, unnatural thing for a pastor who has humility to want those things. Uh, And so when he says that I understand exactly what he's saying because the humility, the Bible says blessed are the meek. And uh, if a pastor carries himself in the right way he would feel the same way. Is that It's just not about me it's about he. Uh, But I would be amiss this morning not to share with you, uh, I told him I only had a two hour sermon
1: he said, "He said
0: that was fine." Uh, he said, "Go ahead,"
1: uh, but I will try to be
0: very uh, vigilant with your time today. But I'd be missed if I if I didn't tell you a couple of uh, pastor, um, pastor appreciation kind of stories. There was a uh, a pastor one time, and he said that there was a, a lady who came into the church. She was a guest, and she uh, uh, during the service she was involved. Everything was fine and at the end of the service. She was walking out of the service, and she shook the pastor's hand, and she said, uh, thank you uh, for that wonderful message. And the pastor says, don't thank me, thank the Lord. And she looked back at him, and she says, it wasn't that good. And, so, uh, and uh, then there was the, the, the time, uh, the story I'd heard about a, a, new, a new preacher, he was very young, and he got sent out to... Uh, I was I was getting tickled coming here because uh, uh, coming out here out into farm country uh, in Iredale County it made me think of this story because there was a, a young preacher and he got sent out into farm country to pastor a church. And his very first Sunday there was a terrible storm. And um, he showed up for church but no one was coming. And so he wondered if anybody was going to show up. And then in the midst of all the storm there was one lonely farmer that came to church that day and uh, the two of them had church and so the minister the young minister says by golly i'm going to preach you know i'm going to give this guy my best you know with he had the mentality one or a hundred he's going to get my best and so he just i mean he shouted he ran he jumped <laughs> up and down he screamed he quoted scripture i mean he just went to, he even had an altar call just, just really gave it all he had. And so after the service, uh, he and the farmer were walking down uh, together to the door, and he just couldn't help himself. And he says, "Well, what did you think of the service?" And the old farmer looked at him. He says, "He said, son, I have a I have a barn full of hay, but I just don't feed one cow all that hay." Is what he said. So <laughs> it was uh, uh, something to think about for that young minister. But I can tell you from a pastor's heart, there's certainly uh, one thing that a pastor needs uh, if he's going to be able to pastor a church uh, or to adhere to the call. It is not an easy call. It's a tough call. Uh, it's, a, it's And it's a call only God can lay on one's heart. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that today, uh, and that is courage. You would think that it, the message is just directed toward... Uh, Pastor Gene, when it is, it is directed to him, but it's directed to you. I feel so strongly that the, mo- the, the day that he called me, uh, this was exactly where God was leading me, immediately when he asked me. I did not say I would come immediately. I had to make sure that I had things in order at our church, but uh, uh, I knew when he asked me, the Lord spoke to my spirit very plainly about courage. You know, courage is putting our faith into action, really, if if you think about it. I'm going to give you many different definitions and thoughts about courage today. But to have courage is to act in accordance with with, uh, your beliefs, whatever they may be, is to to stick with those beliefs and to to have confidence in them Mm -hmm. uh, and where those beliefs come from. Uh, if, we, if we say we believe in something, we should be able to stand for that something. Amen? Amen. Uh, I think it's safe to say we also need... Uh, we need courage to stand up to those beliefs. We need courage to have confidence in the one that we get those beliefs from. But we also have to have confidence to face our future. Okay. I stand here today knowing that this church is under great leadership. And I say that with all confidence. I, I deal with a lot of ministers in my life. And I've seen leadership at its worst and I've seen leadership at its best. And I can tell you that you have great leadership. Amen. When I use the spectrum of at its worst and at its at its best, you can rest assured that your leadership is on this side of the spectrum. I uh, you know, I in the next few short months I've been praying for this church, I've been praying for it for months now. Asking that God will use you in a mighty way, in an extraordinary way, because in the next few months you'll be moving into your new facility. Which I mean, I'm, you know, it's not even uh, my facility; it's not even a church I'm attached to. But you are attached to the same kingdom that yes. I'm attached yes. to, yes. and so I'm so excited for you and what God's going to do. And I've told, and I have told him, and, uh, your pastor, in a prophetic word that. Um, I believe with all my heart that when you get into that building, he is not exaggerating. There is not going to be enough room in that building to hold what God's going to do Amen. Uh, in your new facility. Yes. I, uh, uh, I will tell you that in order to approach this new endeavor in your life, you're going to need a new determination. You're going to need a new excitement. You're going to embrace a new joy and that you're going to have to embrace the same humility that your pastor embraces. Okay. I, uh, But I will also say that more importantly than anything else, you're going to have to have courage. So uh, nudge your neighbor and say, let's do this together. You know, the Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul said that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but, but he also said that rather as a, a sound mind, a heart filled with love and a power to face our fears, whatever that may be in 1 Timothy, of course, is where that scripture is. And when I'm talking about courage, I'm not talking about uh, superhero kind of things. And get, Believe me, I love superheroes. I'm a comic book nerd. I have a comic book collection. I've watched all the Marvel movies. Um, and so those are things that I enjoy. But I'm not talking about superhuman or superhero type courage today. Rather, I'm talking about courage to face everyday challenges. Amen. Uh, it's these choices uh, that show if we're courageous or cowards when we're facing our everyday uh, things. Even this young man who was so receptive to the Spirit as he was moved, as the Holy Spirit was moving in the worship portion of the service, and that uh, pastor said, "There's someone here." and and, you know, man, I, just, I, I applaud your courageousness mm-hmm. to yes. say, you so know you what, I'm that true. guy. Yeah. I hear yes. the Lord speaking to me. It takes courage to do those kind of things. Yes. Uh, it takes courage in choosing between what is right and what is convenient. Yes. Uh, it takes courage to choose what over uh, your convictions over your comfort. That's right. Uh, you know, the short version of the whole thing is really is that it takes courage to be a Christian in our society today. Mm-hmm. Uh, It took courage then, it takes courage now. It takes courage to obey God. It takes courage to take His Word to heart and live by that Word. It takes courage to do what's right in the eyes of the Lord and not in the eyes of the world. It takes courage to do what is right for the church. And that God get the glory in everything that you do and not you get the glory in what you do. I'm talking about courage that can turn things around in your life, in your personal life. The kind of courage that shakes you up. The kind of courage that lifts you out of the miry pit. The kind of courage that turns your heart toward its goal rather than running away from your responsibilities. I'm talking about a courage that makes kingdom difference not just not just for the church not just for god but for you personally yes, that kind yes, of courage yes. that can do courage that changes lives courage that god and only god can receive glory for those are the things that di- that he did for paul when he went from Saul and became Paul Paul's courage as Saul was wrapped up in his identity of the Sanhedrin and his his background and his knowledge but when he came into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ his courage came not from Saul not from Paul but the Jesus that he met on the Damascus road and changed his life that's the kind of courage to say I knew what I was but I know now who I am in Jesus Christ is the kind of courage That we're talking about. Peter gives us this great example of the kind of courage I'm talking about this morning in Acts chapter 4. And it's in my PowerPoint. I'm going to ask my my trusty siege to help me today. But in Acts chapter 4, I have, and will you turn with me also in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1? Uh, But in Acts chapter 4, in verses 10 through 12, he says this Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. By him this man stands here before you. And he says this man. He's talking about himself. This man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. This is the same God this is the same Peter who ran away from the authorities when Jesus was arrested. This is the same Peter who did not even knowing who Jesus was for fear of his life. Now he is standing up in the midst of the same ones he was afraid of and professing with new courage and new, and new endeavor. The, not himself, but the Christ that is in him. Uh, I knew when Pastor asked me, Uh, to speak today I knew that I could not get away from the thought that entered my mind when he asked me I could not get away from the thought of courage and how important it is for you listen we sit here as a group in a middle school but now in just a few short months you're going to be moving into a new facility that God has ordained and put in your path and put in your charge so that you can use it for his glory and, and for his kingdom purpose. What an amazing what an amazing opportunity this church is faced with. Yes. And and The distractions of this life will try to pull you away from that excitement. The distractions of this life will try to take the joy of this moment away from you. But God, God with His nail scarred hand reaches out and says, If you'll take this hand, I will lead you, I will guide you, I will take you where you need to go. If you'll not trust the hands of man, but trust the hands of God. There is something to be said about the courage He's going to be placing in your heart. I also want to talk to you about the first chapter of Joshua. The thing that entered my mind also was immediately about the account of the Joshua in the Scriptures. The Israelites were now ready to leave the wilderness behind. Moses had already passed over uh, leadership to Joshua. And now they are uh, on the precipice of walking into their promise. And here's Joshua's. And several times at the beginning of the book of Joshua in the first chapter, there's these, this pep talk. often wonder, why does Joshua need a pep talk? But this is exactly what God is doing because He looks at Joshua uh, and He speaks these words and several times the Lord had to say to Joshua, be strong and courageous. It was clear that the Lord was seeing... A fear within Joshua he was clearly he, and you know here's the thing about God God is never caught by surprise God listen if you think your circumstance is a big surprise to God you're mistaken the surprise is to us we're the ones that get caught off guard we're the ones that don't know how to handle it we're the ones that wonder why me is always the question But God in His infinite wisdom and knowledge and omnipresence and um, omnipotence, He is the one who knew it all along. And so now, here's Joshua faced with taking the children of Israel into the promise. And I can't help but think that, you know, oh wow, now Moses is gone. Now the responsibility is on my shoulders. And God knew this. And God looks at him and says, be strong and courageous. Joshua 1 and 9 says, look at this very carefully. Have I not commanded you? What do you notice uh extraordinary about that first line? It's a question mark. Mm-hmm. Have I not comm- have you already not known that I have ordered the steps, every step you have taken to this point? Mm-hmm. Have I not commanded you to this place in your life? You are not here by mistake today, folks. You may have think, well, I may as well get up and go to church this morning. But that may be your mentality, but you are not here by mistake to hear this word. Uh, from the Lord about being courageous and brave and strong. And so here's Joshua. He says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You know, could it be that Joshua just felt weak and had a weak moment and God knew it? Isn't it just like God to be able to speak into our life when we are having these weak moments? If we're willing to listen to God over our circumstances, you will hear Him speaking. Yes, Amen. Too often we find ourselves that we'll run to every other source than the source when we get to those places. And all that time God is wanting to speak strongly and courageously into you so that you can face your fears, face your situations. I would ask you this morning, would your friends even consider you courageous? Would they even call you courageous in your faith? It's one thing to be six foot six and three hundred pounds and stand in front of someone like I can, and someone says, "Oh, he's a big guy, you know, And they think that just because of my stature that I am someone that should be brave and strong and masculine, but I have my fears and I have things that I deal with in my own life, and things that I would, I would just as soon not have to deal with, but I also serve a God who is greater than my fears. I serve a God who, who, who will give me the strength and the courage I need to be able to overcome those things. People should not just see you by your stature, but by see you by the stature of the Lord that lives in you.
1: Yes.
0: Amen. Too often we get it mixed up with pride and arrogance. Yes. And again, it's so important that we carry ourselves with a sense of humility. You know, most people they have these images of men fighting On when you talk about courage, it's men on a battlefield. It's men who have suffered out, in, uh, out on the sands of like D-Day or in Vietnam or, or, or somewhere where there was a fight and they were in the military. And those situations really speak more about courage. And please do not misunderstand me. Those men were brave. Yes. Those men yes. were courageous. Yes. Those men are worthy to be recognized for their sacrifice. Yes. Those men are worthy of every bit of that. And it is courage. But I'm telling you today... There's an all-different kind of courage that we need in our spiritual life and what it means. Most of us are left out because uh, we will never be on a battlefield. i never served in the military. i never carried arms. I never went out into foreign worlds to fight uh, uh, another enemy. I never went into those circumstances. I'll never be able to face those things. But it doesn't mean that I don't need courage today in my spiritual life. And God's speaking to you and me today to be strong and courageous for the kingdom and in your life and in your situations. Yes. If you'll afford me this moment, these next few moments this morning, I'll tell you what else I think courage is. I think courage for myself is a family dealing with terminal cancer. I think that courage is a single mother struggling to raise her children. I think courage is a widow or a widower who is facing the golden years of their life without their beloved husband or wife by their side. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you that courage is a child or a teenager who's in the midst of divorce and they're struggling with their self-image and they're riddled with insecurity and hurt and they're dealing with doubt and anger and feelings of rejection. That's courage. Mm -hmm. Courage is a single person who chooses purity over promiscuity. Courage is is an engaged couple who has decided that they're going to save themselves from marriage and wait even even though the world is telling them, ah, it's okay, go ahead, you're engaged. Courage is an employee who sees something wrong, whether it's greed or corruption, and they're willing to blow the whistle on on that particular instance and have the courage to say this is wrong. Courage is someone who is facing a difficult surgery. Courage is someone dealing with health issues on a daily basis. Courage is the person who knows that they're getting older and they don't know what to expect day to day. I will tell you, these are the people that need to be recognized for their courageousness and dealing with their life. We think, it, we think that when we're dealing with circumstances that we're weak and that we're we're wrong or that we're being punished. But little do we know that God is prepping us with courage and bravery and strength. I will listen, I will tell you with all confidence today: life is not what happens to you, but how you handle it. And God is speaking to you today. And Telling you to be strong and courageous in your circumstances. These are just a few of everyday encounters in our society. People are faced with these things on a regular basis. The world puts emphasis on us to be strong and courageous based on living uh, living our lives on a sinful nature. Walk out of your you walk out and do as you please, as you please, when you please. That's courageous. But I think sometimes we get that courageousness of living in a life of sin as a life of compromise. When God says that really our courage is to stand up against the world and not be like it. Joshua 1, if you go back before verse 9... Joshua 6 and 7 in the first chapter says this, Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Then he gets down to nine and again I read, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Joshua had already spent years under Moses. Already, he had already, I'm sure he saw the great miracles that were performed. I'm sure he was there when the Red Sea parted. I'm sure that he saw the things that happened. The manna, uh, the quail, the, the water from the rock, uh, coming down with the tablets. All the things that Joshua may have already witnessed in his own life. He was already working under a man who was showing courageousness and bravery at its finest. Amen. That even in the midst of Moses' own insecurities, God was using him and filling him with everything he needed to fulfill God's will. Joshua had already spent this time with him, and yet now it's his time to lead. Refuge Church, it is your time. It is your time. And God is speaking to your spirit today to be strong and courageous. All throughout the chapter, and all throughout this chapter in Joshua, and even if you go back to Deuteronomy, he is reminded a time and time again: be strong, be courageous. Where are the people who stand on Psalm twenty-seven verses one and three today that says, "The Lord is my light and my salvation; whom whom shall I fear?" Yeah. Whom shall I fear, He says? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid, He says? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. Where are the Psalm 27 people in the kingdom of God today that would say, we're going to move into this building and I am not not afraid. I am going to be used of God and I am not afraid. I am going to sing my heart out and I am not going to be afraid. I am going to play my instrument and I will not be afraid. I am going to proclaim the Gospel of Jesus Christ and I will not be afraid. Where are those that would be, strong? They may be made strong by the Word of their testimony? You are about to walk into a facility, but to you it's a building. But to God it's a springboard for His glory and for the future of His kingdom. That you would walk into a building and share with the world, look what the Lord has done. I've had the privilege and the honor of being friends with this man that you call pastor. And I have walked with him through this process. And if you don't think that this is a God thing, you need to rethink your thinking. Or, what I, I'll just tell you, like I tell our church if that's how you think, you got stinking thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose the greater question when it comes to courage is are you willing to act outwardly on what you see inwardly?
1: Right.
0: Courage says that I will not die a dreamer. Mm
1: Praise it says,
0: I will refuse to live in the woulda, coulda, shoulda. Amen. For you to overcome your fears with courage, you need to know that no amount of success comes easily. There will, even, even in the Scripture, as it defines those that put their hand to the plow. See, plows were not John Deere tractors back then, folks. <laughs> <laughs> plows... Or something they had to put their hands to, and it was hard, yeah. terribly laborious, hard work. Yeah. And the word says, any man that puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. It's easy not to be successful to your endeavors. Just don't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't do it, anything. But you know, but what I. You know, what I want to say today is that in a world where you can't even go to Walmart because of the, you know, in Texas not too long ago, uh, a guy walks in there and just start, starts shooting people of color. You can't even go into a Walmart because evil is in, in existence. The way we're, we're, we're killing babies by the tens of thousands we're, where people are fighting over a parking space road rage is at its all-time high like I've never seen. What I'm telling you is that this world needs more people of spiritual courage. Yes. It takes courage to be different in this world today. It takes courage to go where you've never gone before. Yes, that's a Star Trek kind of thing. I will tell you, listen... It takes courage, it it probably took courage for some of you to come to church today. Be honest with you. To expose yourself to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Knowing that if you come to a service, that God may be there too. And yet you're here. It takes courage to be successful in life as a believer. It takes courage to say no to what the world wants you to believe and to accept the truth that God gives through His Son Jesus Christ and His written Word. It takes courage to say I'm born again. It takes courage to say I've been set free.
1: Man, I I want to be
0: here for that series. It takes courage to say I read my Bible. It takes courage to say I pray out loud. If the idea of courage scares you again, just blend in with the crowd. It's not that hard. Act like they do. Do what they do. Talk like they talk. Go where they go. Hang out where they hang out. It won't be any time at all and you'll get lost in that crowd. You'll be separated from your courage. You'll embrace a life of compromise. You'll be separated from your purpose. But if that—that's the path you choose, then you've completely missed First Peter chapter one nineteen, or excuse me, chapter two verse nine. You are a chosen people. Is it there? Did I have that? A royal priesthood, a holy nation. but forgive me. Um, Someone in the room, uh, you've been beat down. Um, I don't know who this is. I'm just going to say it. Someone in this room has emotionally and verbally been abused enough. I don't know who this is. I'm not even going to look over the room. I'm not going to scan the room. I just have to say it out of obedience. It may be someone or someones. You've been talked down to all your life. You've been minimalized. You have been you have been abused verbally. You have been abused emotionally. You have been abused relationally. And you've been talked down to the point that you, you don't even realize your own value. I'm telling you, this Scripture is for you today. And it's just those three words. God's special. Possession. I don't know who that is, but God spoke to me just so plainly in my spirit just now. You are His special possession that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. I read in the commentary one time, I, I... God's people should be people who have four things in common. Bravery in the face of danger. Mm -hmm. Steadfastness in the face of opposition. Action in the face of resistance. Optimism in the face of despair. I read that and I thought, boy, that's awful wordy. That's commentary stuff. That stuff, you know, well, you know, boy, that sounds all fancified, preacher. I sat there and I stared over that for a long time uh, when I had studied it and I looked at it and and I wanted to share with you, the Lord gave it to me, and I'm a simple guy, and the Lord gave it to me in simple terms. And he says, What this is really saying, son, as he spoke to me. He says, the first one says, I won't be afraid. The second one says, I won't give up. The third one says, I won't be intimidated. Mm -hmm. And the fourth one says, I won't lose heart. Refuge Church. Mm -hmm. Boy, if there was ever a battle cry for this church. it 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 is these things. If this church that the Lord has lived in your charge is going to see miracles and growth and revival. It will be on the prayers and the lives of courageous people mm-hmm. that are not going to be taking up firearms, but just taking up fire. Yes.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: Not just taking up weapons, but taking up desire. Desire to be closer to the Lord than you've ever been before. It will be on the foundation of people who come in one way, but they leave something totally different. It will be on the backs of those who have said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It is high time that people stop letting the chaos around them dictate the conqueror that lies within them. You see, what a lot of people overlook about the scripture in Deuteronomy and Joshua that I've been sharing today is is that here is Joshua about to lead God's children into the promise. Moses Moses wouldn't see the promise. Now Joshua is about to lead them into the very thing that Moses has got them out of Egypt for. And here's Joshua needing a pep talk from God. Be strong. Be courageous. Be strong. Be courageous. Yet, right before he goes across the Jordan River into the promise, here's God again. Be strong. Be courageous. Refuge, uh, you, listen, you're on the brink of your promise. And this is just one promise. Mm -hmm. There are many more that God has, and he is yet to fulfill. And I just can't help but feel in my spirit that today he's telling you be strong, be courageous. I heard a minister say, Ask one time, he says, um, and I've, also, I've often used this, but I heard a minister say one time, he says, what have you talked yourself out of that God is trying to talk you into? That we, we will often be our own stumbling blocks for what God has for us and where God's trying to lead us. Because the truth is, is you can talk yourself into something just as fast as you can talk yourself out of it if you really want to think about it. But let me say today that spiritual courage stops putting all your stock in yourself and it really starts to put it all into the Lord Himself. It means trusting Him with everything in your life. If I could, if I could have you just come play for me a little bit. Um, it means trusting Him. I had a... Pastor G may not like me sharing a, a personal conversation, but you need to know who you who, uh, who you serve under, serve with. Was some weeks ago, um, he's been asking me to help pray about the fi- you know about the financial part of moving into the facility. He's not gone into the greatest of details, but he told me that. He really needs prayer, direction, God to move. He wasn't giving up, but I could tell by his text messages he was hurting. And then we'll say, uh, "I hope you don't get mad at me. I hope we can remain friends here." <laughs> contacted me he said that he got declined um, on some money that they were, he was trying to get to, to further the project and finish it. And his text message was just so broken. It wasn't wordy, but I could just feel the context of what he was saying. It was just the air seemed to be let out. I told him, I I texted him back and I said, and you may remember, you may not but I I said, Gene just because that fell through it doesn't mean God isn't working and the most real response came from him he texted me back and he said I know that but I don't know what he's doing And it couldn't have been more transparent and vulnerable because the man Gene Shoemaker was at the end of of his self. But when I read the text, I didn't read a man desperate. What What I was reading was a man getting to the end of himself so that God could just get started. And in many cases, that's what God does. He brings us... To our limit and brings us to the end of ourselves so that He can do His work without us getting in the way. And I said, I know we may never know what He's doing, Gene, but it does not mean He's not working. God is always working His plan. It's His plan. It's His will. It's His church. It's His kingdom. It's His purpose. It's His Son. It's His blood. It's always been His. It will always be His. And it wasn't but a few days later that He told me that He got a call. And all of a sudden, all the things that He didn't know what was going on, when he got to the end of himself, God started to show himself. And so sometimes courage is not standing up like a tough guy. Courage is saying, okay, that's it, that's all I've got. That's all I've got. I've used my resources. I've used my contacts. I've used all my all my friends. I've burned my rolodex up. I can't do any. I've not got any more email contacts. That's it. Courage is saying, "Okay, God, I'm depleted. I am now not a, a vessel of silver or gold, just a yielding vessel. I need you to fill me up." That's courage. That's the leadership that you serve. Yes, it is. I end this message today with this thought because I honestly I can stand. I, I am so excited for you guys. I could end this message, and I you know, two hours from now I can preach on. Not because of my that I have an arrogance, it's just because I'm so enamored with what's going on here. It's beautiful. If you're willing to see it, it's beautiful. And I can preach with every last fiber of breath in my body, but as hard as I may try and as much as I may work to persuade you, I can never talk you into your destiny. Only you can do that, Brian. Only you. Like this young man who listened to the Holy Spirit. Speak to him. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to speak into you. Listen, I don't care what age you are today. I don't care if you're a teenager over here or you're in your 20's it doesn't matter what age you are it doesn't matter how mature you are in your years you may have been in church for decades or you may have just gotten in church at, at, at a senior type age it doesn't matter what age you are it doesn't mean that you do not have significance or have something to do in the kingdom of God as long as you have breath you have purpose and even after your breath is gone you will have purpose and that is to worship God if not he here, you'll worship Him there. I tell our church often, I tell our church very often, that it, that listen, if you don't love church here, you're not going to like heaven at all. This is the dress rehearsal. And I'm not talking about your clothes. I'm talking about how you raise your hands. I'm talking about how you lift your voice. I'm talking about how you sing your songs. I'm talking about how you play your instruments. This is the dress rehearsal. And God is building a courage in you to take the same worship you have in this place outside these four walls so that others may see the Jesus that lives in you. Stand with me today. are faced with probably the most amazing moment of courage today that God wants to do something beautiful and powerful in your life He wants to do it in this service you think I'm just talking about your endeavoring to a church I'm not talking about moving into the, just moving into the new, new facility I, I, I'm enamored with that I'm excited about that I'm not talking about just that, but I'm talking about the courage to face your sickness. Courage to face what the Lord laid on my heart about this this person or persons who's been abused. Courage to say, I'm no longer going to be living my life under that guise of abuse, but I am am beautifully... the Lord spoke to you about that you need to listen to me you need to listen to the spirit of the Lord you are beautifully and wonderfully made courage to say courage to say I do have a purpose courage to say I'm a child of the king courage to say I have a place at the table courage to say I have talents that can be used Courage to say I have a voice that can be heard. Courage to say my smile has power. Courage to walk the walk. Courage to talk the talk. Courage to face yourself in the mirror every day. And say I'm not going to bow down to this world. But I'm going to walk through with the courage that God has placed into my life and into my heart. And I want to end with this thought. As pastors, my wife is a licensed minister as well as I am. As pastors, we, my wife and I, have been, we've been through a lot. We've been youth and children's pastors for 20-something years of our 30-plus years of ministry. We've only been senior pastors now for eight years. We just celebrated our eighth year last month. And I'm, listen, I'm only going to speak for myself today. And I could probably speak for my wife. But I want to give you just a little insight to a pastor's life. In, in our time, we have learned. We have grown. We have matured in our walk with Christ. I am not the same guy I was 30 years ago. I Listen time I walked into this place this morning I'm not the same guy I was an hour ago that's that's how much I feel God changing me moving me quickening me you think oh well he's got a church he's a pastor but I'm going to tell you I was a nervous wreck walking in here to speak to you I needed courage I have my own little pep talk. God's saying be strong and courageous, Sam. We've learned to keep focused on God and the kingdom. We've learned to be focused on the work that He has put in our hands because there are a lot of distractions. We've experienced the joys of marrying people who are in love. We've We've had the honor and the privilege of baptizing new converts. We've we've dedicated precious newborn babies. We've rejoiced over children turning 16, getting their first car. We've rejoiced over teenagers graduating high school and young people graduating college. We've laughed together with people and we have cried many tears. We've stayed up late with some, talked on the phone in the middle of the night to talk someone down or to talk someone up. We've grieved with families that have lost parents, grandparents, children, husbands, wives. We've given counsel to countless people. We've gained a lot of friends, but we've lost... We've seen a lot of great things happen over the last eight years of our ministry where we're at in Hildebrand, but we've also seen times of pruning as well. The pruning is the worst, it's hard. I could go on and on and tell you about our experiences, but I suppose the biggest thing I've learned is pastoring isn't for whims. It requires courage, not in who we are, but in who Christ is. And I want to tell you the reason I shared that with you today is because the same things that we've experienced in our life—I know your pastor has experienced it in his life—and his wife, his flesh—they're one flesh. And I—I I can walk into a lot of churches, and I don't know that I can say what I say in this church, but I can—I want to tell you. Your pastor is a good, good man. If I was not in a church, I would happily serve under that man. And I would serve with excitement. He has vision. He has dedication. He has commitment. I just hope you can see that. God sees it, God will honor it. But this morning, I'd be amiss if I didn't just give an opportunity for anyone in this room that would be able to say, you know what, I want that kind of courage, courage to stand up to my situation so that I can walk into God's situation. Are you ready to set aside the things that are keeping? you? Already one has come forward today, but I, you know, there's a nice area over here, and you're thinking, why does he have an altar call? Well, the truth of the matter is, is that sometimes our greatest, our greatest victory is our first step of faith. That's why, listen, there's a lot of churches that don't do altar calls anymore. Oh, it's not biblical. But I will tell you, I have found in my own life and in our own church, the importance of taking that first step. To say in this group, in this, if you're not comfortable in this group, you'll never be comfortable out in the world. It's to say, you know what? Pastor Gene, Pastor Sam, yeah, I'm ready to put, I'm ready to put my fears behind me. I'm ready to put my anxiety behind me. I'm ready to put my abuse behind me. I am ready to put those things, those former things, I am ready. To step into a new day of courage, spiritual courage. If that's you, will you just come? There's a nice space. Nobody's going to grab you. Nobody's going to twirl you around. Nobody's going to slap you. over the, I have a big Bible, but I won't slap you over the head with it. Will you come? Just have a moment, you and God moment. You and Joshua moment. Would you come? Say, I'm not going to be abused anymore. I'm not going to be afraid of what God's taking us to. I'm not going to be afraid of what God's going to bring us into. This is courage, folks. I'm going to pray with her. Anybody else would like to come?
1: come?